Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest is the year anniversary from when we first recorded this podcast. We have Amanda Sweet here, who is a fashion innovator, plus size pageant queen and creative entrepreneur in the Detroit area. She uses her experience in modeling, acting, photography, and event curation to help real people embrace a sense of joy in their personal style, regardless of their size, shape, or age. Through her business, The Revamp, she holds local clothing swaps where people can swap their pre-owned clothes and donate the rest. Amanda has helped people donate more than 100,000 pounds of clothing to local charities that put them in the hands of real people in the community who need them, rather than selling them for a profit. She's currently working to open the Revamp Thrift Store and launching a plus-size style book. Amanda, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you so much. (laughs) If any of you are listening have been following this podcast, Amanda was on literally, I think it was a year to date, like July 25th or 26th last year. So what she had said, and please go listen to the episode if you haven't already, she had said it was the first time that your company was set and what you were doing live. Yeah, I remember saying it. I was like, this is the first time I'm going to say it out loud on a recording ever. And publish it out ever. And here we are. I'm still figuring it out. But, you know, we're all still figuring it out, first of all. But you have done so much over the last year. You were going to the UK. I think you were gearing up to go. That's how long ago it was. Holy cow. I was like, what was even happening a year ago today? Yeah, I was still pageant queen. I'm not a pageant queen anymore. The title ended. Let's update what's been happening. I know we could probably spend two hours doing it, but what's been going on? I went to London. I hosted a workshop. I hosted a huge pageant, which I was like very excited to do. People loved my accent, which I was like, my accent? Exactly. Okay. They were like, you should be on TV. And I was like, but anyway, I was like, yeah, we're, we're working on that. But we went to Italy, which was amazing. I know we talked about it a little bit, did a beautiful content trip there. And then I spent the rest of the year winding down and I, and just took a little bit of a break from social media. Did you interview Socially Chrissy? Not yet. Okay, so you will. But she was telling everybody I took a year off of social media. But in social media time, I think four months what? is a year. She was like, a year off social media. I was like, it was like four months. But took a break and while I was taking that break I started working on a book and I was like what a better time to just like get all the thoughts out and do all of that beautiful stuff and I started taking clients on as case studies for the book and just leaning into the business stuff once the title ended in April I was like okay now I need to just like be myself make my own rules say no to things because that was really hard to do last year but yeah it's been interesting I got a whole estate sale full of clothes. I don't know how that happened. That was random. (laughs) I was like, are you interviewing Lana? I already did. Yes. Okay. So Lana's helping me write my book. She wrote my bio, the bio that you read, and she were in a meeting and somebody sent her an estate sale of crazy hats and clothes. And she goes, look at this. And she shows me her phone. And I was like, can you send that to me? She was like, okay. And I was like, I'm going. I was talking about it all day. My team member, Allie, was like, if you don't just take tomorrow off and go to this thing, because it was out in Saginaw, so two hours away, I went, everything was plus size, and they were selling everything for a dollar. And I was just like, so what are you going to do when the sale ends today? Like, grab it. And I made an offer, and they gave it to me for 300 bucks. My entire basement is filled to the brim with plus size vintage clothes, and now I need to, like, 
last year I said, I wanted to do this. Now I have inventory to do it. And I just need the, you know, taking the next logical steps to get there. But yeah, it's been wild. Good wild. A good wild. Yeah. Now I'm biased because I see you, if not once a week, then multiple times a week or every other week. Right. And we talk at all the time as well as one of my closest friends. But what I want to talk about, and because I was really close to this, is we had talked about mental health. And I remember, I think it was towards the end of the year, and you're like, I just feel stuck. And I feel like a lot of people go through this, but no one's really talking about it. I know I have, but you're like, I feel stuck. I don't want to post on socials. I'm just kind of like, eh, about it. So right. how did you come out of that and just like, you're like, fuck this. I'm saying no. I'm doing that. This is for me. And like we had talked about our villain era last time, but it's like, no, it's your it's looking out for yourself. So talk us through that, because now you're just like, I'm doing this and this is what I'm doing. And I'm like, yes, let's go. I think there was so much pressure to post so much. And there's so many social media platforms and there's so many people that are like, you have to post every day. Otherwise, your business won't be successful. X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Post three times a day on seven different apps. And I'm like, when am I going to be able to do the work? One, when am I going to be able to like be a human with my family if I'm not just like this all the time? Right. Which it was like that. I was just like, record everything. We got to record everything. I was late to everything or I'd get up extra early so I could record the content and then go and then edit the content. It's so much. It's a full time job, first of all. But once the pageant run kind of slowed down and it was wintertime here, I was just like, I had a mental break. I was like, I have no more left. I am just completely empty. I've expelled everything that I possibly could have. And I feel great about it. I love the work that I did. Everything went according to plan. And the plan is over. Now what? What do I do now? And I just stopped posting. I didn't make a big social post. Like, it's just totally fine. I was just like, I'm done. And I released the power that it had over me. I deleted the apps from my phone. And I was just like, I'm just going to see what happens. And I took a sewing class and I started writing a book and I started doing crafts and I cleaned my house and I hung out with my husband and I slept in and I didn't do shit that I didn't want to do. And for four months, so from November, I was like living and I was like, oh my God, I don't have to post anything to validate me wanting to go learn a new skill. I don't have to post to, I went to Disney World. Like Breezy took me to Disney on our birthdays. I have like 500 photos and videos from that trip. Never posted it, never posted it. But I was just like, this was for us. Like we worked our asses off. It was a dream of mine to do. We went, we stayed for a week and it's nobody else's business. And it kind of released, it released that internal power that it has over me. It still does. I deleted, I have... I brought TikTok back and I've recently deleted it again because it's got a special kind of hold on me that I just, I don't even know how to explain. Like I can just doom scroll for hours and I was doing nothing else. So I was like, you know what? I don't like who I am when I have TikTok. So I'm just going to get rid of it. Even Instagram now, like when I'm doing big projects, I'll post. But now I'm just kind of, I feel like I've relieved myself of the expectation that I have to post to be successful. I totally agree. And it's interesting, too, because it does have a hold on you. And that's the purpose. They want you to use the app because I feel the same way with TikTok. I stopped. I have it on my phone, but I probably have 100 plus notifications because it was the same thing. So I feel that. 
And even the notifications are too much. Like they're not notifications about anything. No, but they're all urgent. And so your brain is like distracted right. constantly and you can't get stuff done and you're watching all these people get stuff done. And I guarantee you these people either are hiring out for social media help so they don't have to look at it or have a very strict routine. If they're like consistently doing it and actually happy, there's a boundary. Right. So for me, my boundary is I don't have to post to be successful. And bamboo is what taught me that. Like I get to be surrounded by these entrepreneurs every single day. And the people that are the most successful have almost no social media. They don't have social media. They're not on there. They're out in the world making real connections, going to events, making friends, calling them, meeting them in person. And I'm like, we could do business without it. It helps. It's nice. It expands the reach. But the people in my face, like you and me, we're going to do business together. I'm going to pay you or you're going to pay me or my friend next to me. I'm going to break her in or him in and they're going to pay you. You know, that's more real than anything else. So I was like, oh, yeah, social media is to get us connected to the people, but the people are in our face. Right. If you can't build connections in person, then there's no point in social media, my opinion. Right. So I forgot that and I got lost in the sauce. Lost in the sauce. Percent. I got lost in the sauce. I foresee it happening again in the future, but I want to get better and better at pumping my brakes and be like, oh, wait, this is a lot. Right. Maybe I should take a break, you know? And that was probably the best thing that could ever happen to me, being like, pause. Well, and the difference, too, and I notice you've been doing this, too, is just like posting to stories or like putting something out there and then maybe doing a reel when you feel comfortable. I mean, yeah, that's where I'm very honest about it. And people are like, wow, your Instagram. I'm like, it is not me. It is Destiny. Shout out to Destiny for the Instagram. But she does all the execution. I just give the ideas. But it's so different. And I do think like social media can help your business. But it's like what works for you? I mean, LinkedIn like that yeah. works because I could be myself and I mean, the the new hottest thing right now is threads where people are like, yeah. I'm going to be myself and <laughs> I'm going to reinvent. It's like, you should have been doing that all along. It's like with every new iteration, somebody finds their authentic self, which is great. We love that. We love that. But also like, you don't have to have a full, like, I just talked to so many people and they're like, well, I need to do a branding shoot. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I'm like, well, first... You need to just like do some business. Right. How about just get some money in so you can pay for that photo shoot instead of coming out of pocket for it or whatever the case may be. Just like do the work. But I am guilty of it myself. Oh, so am I. I'm saying this to me because I'm like, bitch, put the phone down. Sorry. Like We swear all the time. We don't give a fuck. Okay, good. Now, talking through before our rant on social media continues, what you mean by you take on clients. And I was a case study for your book, but talk through what you're doing right now because, and I will give my two cents on it, of course, but let's hear it. What do you mean when you take on clients and what you've been doing for that? You know, we're still figuring that out, but I am like where I'm at right now because I'm experimenting with it and I'm doing what feels good. Same thing with social media. If it feels good, I'm going to post it. If it doesn't feel good, we're going to hold off. Same thing with clients, like people like you, where you're like, I support you. I see your vision. I'm going to help you. I'm going to lean into you while you also pour into me. Let's see how it goes. That's kind of where I'm at right now. So we're doing closet revamps. So I'm going into people's closets, literally looking for all their shit, taking all the stuff out that doesn't work. And then we're reconstructing your closet to represent 
your highest, best version of yourself. So we come up with a brand identity and a style identity. And then we make a bunch of outfits with the stuff you already have. And then if you want, we also go thrifting or shopping and I help you kind of identify stuff. I show you new ways that you can shop, new ways you can thrift and kind of move through it quickly because a lot of people have shopping trauma, which shout out to all of our moms and mother figures. They met well, but they also were very toxic yeah. misconceptions. Um, so we're breaking those curses. I'm showing people how to shop in a fun, functional way. I also have a photo shoot and branding options to add to that. But all of it right now, what I'm doing right now is to help me write this glow up book. I was talking to Lana about it the other day. So I'm writing and she's, I'm brain dumping, putting all of my stories out there, all of the things that I know, and she's turning it into something that is complete. Because for right now, I'm like, I know how to write like social media link. Right. I could do Instagram posts. I could do a vlog post. She's like, do that. Just do that. So we're turning it into a plus size, also size inclusive glow up guide, like how to manifest the life of your dreams, how to lean into yourself, how to implement positive affirmations, how to find out what your basic style is, how to shop, how to thrift, how to swap. So those are kind of all the things that's going into the book, which doing the case studies and taking off clients is really helping because I'm like, oh, I actually have some knowledge in this. Just a little. When you're writing or do you, when you're like in a silo by yourself, you're like, do I actually know what the fuck I'm doing? And then I went to your house and I was like, oh yeah, I do this shit. Oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> like, I know what I'm doing. You do. Yeah. I want to talk through like my experience with it. So what happens? I had a schedule. I mean, Amanda knows me. She sees my outfits, what I've come in to bamboo with. And like I said, we see each other relatively often. And it was the questions of where do you like to shop? What do you if you have anyone that you like their style that you want to be like? And then I was kind of because what happened with me is I'm a big like I was definitely an emo kid in high school like a closeted emo kid. And then I got to be in college and I was like, oh, I can really be this way. And then I got rid of those clothes because they weren't cool. And then I got to be an adult. I got fired from my job. I started my own company. I'm like, why not just buy the things I want to buy? And I remember I love my mother. She's the best. But she's like, would you buy more t-shirts again, more band tees? When you were with me? No, when before, like when I've gone shopping. And she's like, would you buy more band tees? And literally, I just went to Vans and I bought like six new band tees. So there was this trend happening. It was like, who were you or what did you wear before you got made fun of? And then what did you wear while you got made fun of in high school? And then what do you dress like now? So it's like the transition. And I had good friends. I didn't really get made fun of. But I remember like pleather pants were weird. And then everyone was wearing them. I'm like... Yeah. I freaking started that. I've been wearing them since ninth grade. But you coming into my closet, I did not know what to expect. I was like, okay. Because I said, I'm like, I mean, I cleaned out a lot. Like, I'm pretty good because I, I have like an eighth of what I had. And she comes in and it was like, okay, how do you feel about this? And then any hesitation, you're like, out, done. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> and then you just went in and it wasn't like, and I don't mean this in an offensive way, but it wasn't like groundbreaking. It was like, here, you have this shirt you love, like pair it with this skirt. And I'm like, I've had this skirt in my closet for five years and I didn't know what to do with it. So, and now even just the simplest things of like how to tie a shirt or how you know when a shirt's too big for you or something fits you off. I mean, I feel so confident now going into a store and I do have shopping trauma. I hate shopping. 
very much. A lot of people do. And transitioning into, I said, I was like, let's go thrifting. I haven't thrifted since high school. I'm like, it's overwhelming to me. I mean, your strategy and you went in like, I don't even know how to explain, but you were like leader and you're like, exactly. I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm just following along. What do I do? But you pulled out so many good pieces. And if you've seen the photo shoot that Amanda did or I did for my business, we literally thrifted every single piece of clothing in that photo shoot. It was so good. It was so good. It's crazy because the biggest thing was I was a hundred and twenty five dollar leather skirt we found for what, 10 bucks, 12 bucks. I cannot give you enough love on this because even you showing like here's some like basic poses like instead of standing this way like stand that way or hey when you're taking pictures like look at this light instead and this is what you need to do i mean i can't give you enough love because it was amazing worked and i like seeing you come in so there's a military like camo dress that we got at not sorry goods in ferndale and shout out to diamond address yes you walked in and i was like Who's that lady? Who's that lady? (laughs) You had like red wedges on, like hair was done. And you're like, I just got like eight compliments walking from the car. And it's not the dress. It's the way you show up when you're in the dress. Exactly. Like I just see you're just brighter, lighter, happier, which may not happen for everyone. But I feel like it taught me a lot working with you. Being able to be like, can I go into someone's home, even if they're my friend or not, and be like, let me look in your underwear drawer, right? Show me the goods. And for me, that was really rewarding just because I'm like, okay, I'm putting it into a book. I'm saying that I'm an expert at this and I can execute. And I was like, oh, shit. And you're doing it. You're doing it. Like I'm watching you do it. I'm seeing the things and I'm like, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't give up. No. And take more clients because that is the most fun part for me. Going into your closet, going through, making new outfits because I've never seen the clothes. Right. So for me, I'm like, oh, this shirt goes with this pants and you could do this upside down and flip this up and cut this off and wear it like this and wear it like that. And for me, that's the part that brings me joy. I'm like, we should be doing that all the time. Right. And the shopping part too. And you were like, I didn't know you could shop like that. And I was like, I don't have any idea what you're talking about because it's just how I shop. But just working with you, you were like, oh, you did this and you did that and you skipped through this and you jumped over here and we went through the whole store in two hours. Literally every piece of clothing. Yeah. Every piece of clothing and regeneration we went through in two hours, which if you haven't been in Ferndale, it's freaking huge. It's huge. There's a lot. And the method you had of just like, okay, you also, which you didn't mention, pulled out and identified like what I'm missing from my closet. So like a good belt and my weight fluctuates. So you're like, hey, you need a belt like this or you need a piece of jewelry that does that. And I'm a big jewelry, like my rings, my earrings and all. But I was like, wait, you're totally right. That's what's missing from these outfits. So I know what I need to go get. And I I think we ended up with like 12, I think 15 pieces of clothing and I spent under a hundred bucks. Like it was crazy. And you try to like 60 things. At least. And Amanda's got this method. She's like, okay, you're not feeling it. It's fine. Bring it out. Or, okay, you're iffy about it. You're not going to wear it. Or there was one dress that was a little pricier. And you're like, are you going to wear it 50 times? And I'm like, nope. You're like, okay, next. And that, there's so much time that's taken. And that's where I think I have my shopping traumas. Like, 
oh my God, I'm taking too long. And will I wear this? And where am I going to wear it to? Versus yeah. like you just saying, no, voice of reason on my shoulder of saying. You don't have to people please to the clothes. No. Or to the store. Right. Or to the staff. Mm-hmm. You're there for you. So doing that with you and taking you was really eye-opening for me because I'm like, oh, I've been doing this my whole life. And there's things that I've learned that I don't know how to vocalize but I can show you. Right. It was so much fun. I had such a good time. And another comment I wanted to bring up was the underwear conversation we had because I was like, oh, yeah, I wear underwear all the time, like whatever. And you're like, okay, but are you comfortable in it? And I forgot what you said, but you were like, oh, do they roll up like this because it should look like that? And I'm like, oh, shit, you're right. So even just giving like (laughs) literally top to bottom of makeup, like, are you good on this? I mean, literally undergarments like are you comfortable with that are you sizing correctly or even down to shoes and like you had this already prepared because I was like I don't know where to shop I shop at like Aerie I guess or Victoria's Secret because that's what I've been doing since high school but high school because you were a high schooler you were a teenager right and our bodies change we have curves womanly bodies Uh uh-huh that require womanly things and I say this all the time like your outfit starts with your underwear yes if you have the wrong underwear on, your outfit's going to look, it might look great, but if you're walking like there's something shoved up your ass all day because there literally is, like, right. you're going to stand different. Your energy's going to be off. If I have a bad pair of underwear on and it's halfway through the day and I'm struggling with it, I'll just take it off and chuck it in the garbage. It's fine. I'd rather fly free than be like in a bad pair of underwear that's making me walk like a weirdo. Right. You know, like, no, get rid of it. Get rid of the underwear that you have saved for a special occasion or just wear it. Get rid of the underwear that you've had that just it sits in the corner. The holy underwear, you know, sometimes the holy underwear is like the best, most comfortable underwear, but also buy more of that same brand. Yeah. You know, and then with the bras too, the bras are huge. Like I say, bra and shoes are the most expensive things in my closet other than my coats because shoes, you got to be comfortable and bras, like you got to be comfortable. I will spend money on a good bra any day. I'll be cheap on everything else. Well, you wear it every day. I mean, I don't know if I learned that. Like you said that or someone else said it, but it's like you wear this every day. Why would you not spend good money on it? Right. And it's just like having a variety, having ones that actually fit where you're not spilling, where you're not pulling, where you're not pulling down here. Like it'll change the way you feel. It'll change the way you feel at the end of the day. Like one thing I noticed when I started getting really good bras, I go to I go to Bravo and Busted. Shout out to both of them. They're local Woo-woo. bra shops. They have extended sizes, beautiful bras, not just like a, a Grammy bra because you big girls, we need it too. Mm-hmm. But one thing I noticed that I don't do anymore since shopping with them, I don't take off my bra at the end of the day and I'm like, you know how like it's itchy where it's like tiring and icky and uncomfortable. I don't have that anymore the marks underneath yeah, I have some you know like obviously you have some marks but I'm not dying at the end of the day right I used to do that I used to like be stripping as I was walking through the door I'm like get this yep. stuff back off but now I'm just like it's comfortable I'm comfortable if you're ripping yourself out of it at the end of the day it's probably not fitting right right you know it's like I mean I'm well we'll talk about it on the podcast we don't care it's my podcast but I am not bigger in the broad department. I am on the smaller side, but we're on the normal human side. I think normal. I think, yeah, normal yeah. side. But it's so interesting because my friend who's, oh, she like triple D or F or E or something crazy. And she like, she would show me, she's like, look at my grandma bra and my best friend. 
shout out to Abby from high school, but she's my very best friend and she like never had options. And it's like, you know, you go to college or, you know, you want to feel sexy and yeah, she's got all the confidence. She's a bad bitch, but it's just something little. And I'm like, oh, it's not though. It's big. Like if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, and you're looking at something that you have to wear every single day and it doesn't make you feel good. And you're like, this is ugly, frumpy, blah, blah, blah. This is the things that you're saying to yourself is you're putting it onto your body. Right. Imagine what that's doing to your mental state, your ego, your inner child, your inner teenager, all of that mentality. You're like, you're grabbing this item. You're like, oh, it's ugly, frumpy, blah, 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 blah. And you're putting it on your body and then you're wearing it for eight hours. That's going to fuck with your head. Right. Even if it's just a little bit. Like I toss that kind of stuff. And I'm so grateful for all of these new inclusive brands because yes. one, I'm only buying sexy bras because yep. I want to feel sexy all the time. Exactly. I don't care if I have a big ass t-shirt on top of it. If I feel good underneath, then it's going to come out. It's all a mental game. Beauty, glamour, all of this stuff is all a mental game that you need to be playing to win for yourself. Right. The game is not to impress anybody else, but you. If every single time you put a bra on and you're like, oh, I love this bra. I love this bra. I can't wait to put it on. Oh my God, I feel so sexy. You look in the mirror, you're like, <sighs> yes. I don't remember. What, this was probably like five, six years ago when brands started getting more inclusive. And she's like, this is my first sexy bra I've had. Like, she was so yes. pumped about it. But I'm like, good for you. The first sexy bra I ever got was from Bravo. It was purple. I never had a purple bra. Yay. Like, I was like, what the? It was purple and it had teal lace. And I was Ooh. like, what my bra? Oh my God. Because everything. <laughs> everything before that was just tan black or white man <laughs> that's it that's it and I was like I'm gonna be a fun bra girly too right but all of that is so important I just started reading this book called glamour magic and it's all about the intention behind your routines so it's like it's the same concept if every single day you're getting ready to do your makeup and you hate it you hate the makeup you hate the situation you hate the setup all of that is playing in the background while you're doing the thing. And it's setting the intention and the tone for the rest of the experience, even if you're just putting on your face routine. So all of that stuff, all of those experiences are sacred and it ripples through everything you do. If every single day you're like attacking yourself, like I hate the way I look, I hate my makeup, I hate this, I hate that, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate. And then you walk out the door and you have to be this loving, open, inspiring person. Right. Like, what are you doing? The behind the veil is more important. It's do whatever you want. I mean, I, I've had skin issues my whole life and I've been shout out to Anne Marie, my mother, who like helped me do my makeup right in middle school because like now I'm really good at it or at least like yeah. can do my eyebrows well. So it's so different because I remember being like, oh, I need to spend the money on this. And then it's like, OK, I mean, I'm very proud of my eyebrows. That's my favorite thing I like to do. But it's a $2 Ulta pencil or I don't need to spend like thousands of dollars on makeup. I spend the money on my foundation where it feels nice because, again, I have yeah. skin sensitivity. Right. A good skincare routine that's easy because I'm a low maintenance girly, but it still works and it helps me like get to where I need to be. So I think that's something so interesting because I remember like and now that we keep talking about inner teenager and early adult, but. It was like, this is the hot new thing, go buy it. Or especially with like the Kardashians now of, oh, let's go buy this because it's got Kylie's name on it. And it's just like, do what the fuck works for you. Like, especially style. Like when we were coming up with your style identity, you were like, I like nuances. I like going to concerts. I like being low maintenance. I'm rushing out the door in the morning. And I'm like, okay, but 
Why not be that? Just lean into it. You don't have to fight it. You don't have to be like, well, I'm a professional, so I need to wear this because no, like you're a professional if you're in a band tee or a suit. doesn't matter. If you make it money, I'm making money. doesn't matter what you're wearing. And we learned that from COVID. Okay, we can wear whatever we want and still be successful. So we came up with your brand style identity, which is professional pop punk princess, which I believe is like the most accurate thing. It is. And title I've ever given to anyone. We're very proud of that because I'm like, you wear band tees, like wear your band tees, wear your jean jackets, wear your camo, wear your cargo pants and throw a blazer on top or not. It did make a difference because, I mean, I went through, I got rid of the band tees I had like in my early 20s, which RIP. But now that I go to, I mean, I, I think I've gone to, by the end of this year, I would have gone to, I think, 10 concerts. But if I see a shirt I like, I literally think about it as like, I will literally wear this. Like, it's not just like, oh, I'm here. I want a memento, but yeah, I will wear it. And I do wear them. I mean, I get my band tees out of them. But I did host a podcast event, which shout out to John, who edits this podcast. We did it together. And I wore my third eye blind shirt. I wore like black cargo-ish pants. They weren't like cargo material, but whatever they were called, you know better than me. And I threw a blazer on it. It was so comfy. It was like we sat there for hours. We got up and I was so comfortable. I went out after and it's something so small where like you look at the pictures. I still look professional. Yeah. I mean, I put them in the proposals now when we do marketing presentations, like my literal third eye blind shirt is there and it opens the area for other conversations. I think I had therapy that day or one of the days and my therapist, she's like, okay, you know, third eye blind is like my band. Like I've seen them 10 plus times. I love them. And I feel like it brings people connection and especially what you wear, which if you have not met Amanda Sweet, please go look at her Instagram that's in the show notes because Amanda wears the outfits that we imagine we would wear. Like you have the confidence to wear them. You look incredible. You literally get stopped like a celebrity. Like we went to um, Rebel Nell's uh, International Women's Day event, which Amy Peterson was amazing, is amazing. She's on the podcast. And you got stopped 10 plus times. On the last podcast, you said like, oh, how do you compliment people? I can only do that when I'm drunk. Like one of your friends had said that and you're like, why not just do it now? Yeah. You and I are both the same with that of like compliment the people, like do the damn thing. What's the worst? You get some weird looks. You get weird looks anyways. Who cares? Whatever. I'm done waiting for a special occasion and just leaning into the, like being alive as a special occasion. Yes. And so like do what feels good. I also like, when I think about my my Instagram versus my daily style, I'm like, my Instagram style has, nothing compared out of my daily style because my daily style my style is the best when i'm running late when i'm running late i don't know what i'm gonna wear really i'm gonna have to figure it out i'm like this on this on this like let's just go for it and i get the weirdest combinations i'll throw a tank top on top of a dress or like something upside down and i'm like oh my god this is the best outfit i've ever made and nobody's gonna see it and i don't give a fuck because i'm wearing it and i feel good you know and i like when i'm building photo shoot outfits I'm working on getting better at doing it more planned out. I know that winging it is a talent of mine and I'm going to implement more talents, like planning out my outfits. <laughs> but those outfits when I'm running late, chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Beautiful. Maybe you just need to take a picture and then you just do like a montage of all the thrown together outfits. Yeah. 
Like when you're when you're wanting to, you never know. Yeah, I should. I should. But I'm so glad that you enjoyed the experience because I did too. It was a lot of learning for me and a reassurance that I'm on the right path and I'm doing what feels good. Because I really want to help people and I don't want it to be so materialistic, but like we have to wear clothes every day. We do. Why not feel good about it? Because the better you feel, the more good you'll put into the world. That's the note that I want it to be on. It's not just like, okay, we'll look cute. Like we need to look cute. Like, no, I want you to feel good. I want you to feel good and comfortable. And there's a lot of things that our parents didn't know or don't know how to teach us. There's so many more resources out there today when it comes to being inclusive, style-wise, being gender fluid. Like all of these things are so much more available to us. And our parents are doing their best, but there's things that we need to learn as adults. And I feel like that's the opportunity where I get to teach people like, we get to invent ourselves and reinvent and reinvent and reinvent as much as we want. We can do it every day. So that's kind of the the world. It is the world. Oh, we'll see how the next year interview goes. I might be like on a completely different. <laughs> well, and I also want to talk about you've had many speaking engagements since then. You were emceeing Michigan Fashion Week. Yeah. Like, please give yourself some love because I, I was thinking of this last night. I'm like, what are all the things you've done over the last 365 days? And there's been so much, but how did these opportunities present itself? So Lauren Hicks is the founder of Michigan Fashion Week, and she is a member here at Bamboo. So last year, she approached us for sponsorship. We sponsored the space. And then she came back this year. She's like, we'd love to do it again. And she knows that I have a history of modeling. So I modeled for 10 years. I did runway in my early days. And she's like, are you going to model for me? And I was like, girl, the only way I'm going down your runway is with a microphone. And she was like, okay. Sure, do it. And I was like, oh, okay, that was easy. But it's that, like, those opportunities, it's just saying yes and being ready for it. I think luck is preparation and presence. So, like, being willing and being able. And also being a little ballsy. I think it was a little ballsy of me to say just to be like, hey, I'm coming only if I can do this thing. And you never know what's going to happen. Same thing happened with the pageant. Same thing happened when I hosted the London pageant. I was like, do you have a host? And she was like, no. And I was like, you need one? Hello. She was like, can you get there? And I was like, yeah, I can get there. You know, and it was just like, just chucking yourself into the conversation and advocating for yourself and asking. Because the worst thing that can happen is, oh, we already have someone. Or no, we're not really looking for anyone at this time. Like, okay, but at least you asked. So those are the kinds of situations. But then there's also, like, you have been a huge advocate for me. Um, I spoke for the Royal Oak Business Women's Network, Tiffany, shout out to Tiffany and Twits Created. Woo. She reached out to me, but I think like there's some connection there with you guys. And it's just being present, being open. And I'm just, I'm a yes person. I'm working on not being a people pleaser, but I'm working on being open to as many opportunities that make me feel good. So all of those speaking opportunities, I've just been like, yeah, okay, this feels good. Let's do it. Or I want this. Is there anything available? Right. Do you have any openings? If the right people, I mean, I don't want to say the right people like you, but you have your own kind of soldier, so to say, of like when you're not in, in the room, who's talking about you or who's like saying, hey, look, you need to meet Amanda. You need to do this. You need to do that. Yeah. Or whatever, because those are where the opportunities present itself. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know if there are people that are doing it for you, do it for other people and they'll start doing it for you. Yes. If you're not sure what people say when you're not around, 
just start speaking good of other people and putting other people's names. Like, I think that for me is a big thing because I work in a space where I'm constantly connecting people. And so I'm like, you need to talk to Angela. You need to talk to Lonnie. You need to talk to Laura. You need to talk to Amanda. You need to talk to, talk to, talk to, and I'm doing the email invites and I'm connecting people and people remember that it's a win, win, win. It's easy for you to do. It's easy to execute. It's no sweat off your back to shout somebody else out or plug somebody in and they get something beneficial from it. Like for the Rebel Nell experience, you were like, do you know any burlesque dancers? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. And here's a bunch of names. And you ended up working with um, the Golden Girl. You remember that. And so the next time you yep. hear somebody saying that they need somebody like me, you're going to put my name in the hat because I helped you. Now you help me. That's just how this ecosystem works. So if you're unsure, start plugging other people in. It's true. Like what you started this podcast about of just like talking to people in person or just getting to know someone. And it is true. I mean, it could start from I like your shirt down to, hey, I really like what you're doing here. Or I've been just telling people, oh, my gosh, Jamie, I forgot. Oh, my God. Is her the oh, my gosh, she's doing she's launching a perfume brand. Ori has it. Ori Studios. Yeah, yes, she has it. Ori Studios. Yes. So I met her in person finally. And you had said she'd be a great guest. And she came to my presentation on how to do video for socials. And I'm like, I know you're Jamie and I need to meet you. And you're great. And she's like, really? Me? And I'm like, yes, Amanda said you're great. And we need to meet. And I've been following you actually for a little bit, but glad you're in the room with me. So and we bonded and I got to learn so much more about all the cool things she's doing. And it's such a different vibe with it. People like other entrepreneurs or people that are all open-minded, especially in the bamboo ecosystem. But it's just like your people are your people and yeah. they're going to say the right things when you're not in the room. And like you said, just start something small. It's not like, what can I get out of this? But, yeah. you know, I think so. You and I have talked a little bit about hosting a networking, like a how to network kind of course. And actually, I hosted a little bonfire at my house over the weekend and somebody was like, can you host a networking course? <laughs> so I think we need to do it. There we go. I think we need to do it because it's as simple as like, hi, how are you? It's as simple as that. Some people don't speak when they're walking, you know, walking around. And Allie, my team member here, the founder of Take Care Studios, you know, we'll walk around downtown Royal Oak and we'll just be waving at people, just hi. And a lot of people are members or our neighbors or whatever the case may be. And over the break, Labrie and my husband and I, we were bike riding and all of our neighbors were outside. And then he starts waving and everybody's waving and everybody's smiling. He's like, you got me waving at people. And I was like, if they're gonna look, like I'd rather them be like, happy instead of being like who are these bitches driving down our you know like right who are they instead of being like hey how are you you know and it's as simple as that hi how are you and then it just opens the door for like so what you got going on you know like what's new what brings you joy what makes you happy but i think we should do that i think by next year we should be we should be like yeah we've done several workshops on that we need to because anytime I, we just did a carousel on three tips for networking and it actually got shared like quite a bit or like like really engaged so i think it would be pretty successful we Beautiful. i know it would be successful i know we're great at it It would be so much fun yes that's what i think gets lost like when people go to networking events or they're in a space they're surrounded by people they get caught up in i don't have anything to offer i don't have anything to give right now i'm not selling anything right now and it's like no it's not about the give and take. It's about like just being willing and open because in six months from now, I might need you. Right. And if I never met you because I didn't have anything to sell at the time, what a loss. Or we could just become BFS 
and be my new coffee buddy, you know, like that could happen too. So. Right. And you don't need to have a business to go to networking events. You could be out of a job. You could be transitioning. You can be a lot of things, which is something I didn't realize till I met someone on a whim and they're like, just come to this group. I'm like, I work a corporate job and I have this side business. And they're like, who cares? Just come. Just come. And then I ended up got fired when I got into networking. And I'm like, um, I'm doing the resume rescue now full time. But it's okay. I mean, that's what I think is the biggest misconception is that you have to have like your shit together and you don't. Nobody has their shit together. Like we are no. evolving creatures, constantly changing. Our interests change. The people in our lives change. We change like our ideas of self change. Like, I think that is the journey that we need to all be on is being like, I don't want to be cliche and be like, it's a marathon, but it's a lifetime. We get a lifetime. And if we're lucky, we get a long lifetime to be able to be like, I'm changing today. I'm going to be different today. Or I'm going to keep working on this thing that brings me joy. Or I'm going to keep working on the side hustles while I have my full-time job. Why? Because it brings me joy. Because it makes me happy. Because this is who I want to be today. And I feel like the people that say they have their shit together, probably, I don't know. They don't. This. Yeah. You need to get there. Because I say that only because it's like, if you have your shit, like I did have a moment over the weekend where we were sitting, it was like right after the bonfire, we had cleaned up the house, we were chilling and my feet up. I was watching Steven Universe. I had uh, like sparkling water and my blanket. And I was like, I'm really grateful. Like I feel really Today was a good day. I feel really happy. Like I'm really happy right now. I'm loving life, but I'm like, you know, I still have shit I need to learn. There's still things I want to do. There's the, you know, and it's just this constant, beautiful, random experimental journey of life. <laughs> well, and checking in on those moments, because that's something yeah. I tell people with career coaching too, is one of the questions I ask when you go home, what makes you say to yourself, to your partner, to your animal, whatever, yeah. like, damn, today was a good day. Like, I feel good. Or I like to make the comparison of like you feel like you can run a marathon your girl's not a runner by the way but right. like you sit down and you're like wow I feel great I feel empowered I feel this and it's like you forget so many of those moments yet you hone in on so many of the negative pieces I mean be in your feelings I love being in my feelings but take the time to sit back and say like wow today was great because of x because I could have really easily gotten into this place where I was like sitting on my couch all comfy with all the luxuries that I worked hard to get and pulled up my phone and opened TikTok and been mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm not doing shit. I'm doing nothing. I'm doing nothing. That's what happens to me. So I'm like, oh, I could have been like that. But I was like, <sighs> <laughs> looked around my house just like for a moment. It was like 30 seconds. I was like, oh, plan looks really good. Okay, the floor looks clean. Look at my blanket. I just poshed it. Instead of like comparing myself to everybody else that's only posting their good shit. Because in right. reality, like even the people that are posting the bad shit, you know, both for me gets in my head. It does. You know, so it was just a moment. But I was I feel really good about that moment. I was like, oh, that was a pretty good moment. That was good. Right. Let's lean into that. I want to do that more. I want to feel good more. I want to say yes to the things that make me feel good. Yeah. Not yes because I'm people pleasing. Oh, my God. Or whatever. Right. Oh, so true. Now, as we wrap this up, what advice do you have for listeners? My advice that I have for listeners is just have fun. Have fun. 
do the things that make you feel good. Sign up for the class that you're itching to sign up for. Like when I took that sewing class, I was just like, this is something that I've always wanted to do. I've never figured it out. I've never had the opportunity. Let's do it. Just do the thing. Do the thing. If your body is like, do it. And then your mind stops yourself as you're walking out the door. You're like, fuck it. I'm just going to get back in the bed. Like pay attention to that. Like whatever that thing is, like try again. Um, So have fun and try again. Amazing. I love this. Amanda. I love you. I love you so much. This is so much fun. And again, if you have not listened to Amanda's first podcast, please go back and listen it. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of That's Business. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.